ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Christmas morning, and you wake up after a night of like four hours of sleep. Your little ass is so excited. You run downstairs, you see your Christmas tree, and it doesn't matter if there's 20 presents or one present. You go straight for the one that you hope is that thing that you've wanted all year, that you've bugged your parents about so much that they now hate you. Rumi. Christmas morning, you grab that package and you unwrap it and you are hoping against hope that it is what? What was your grail, your Christmas toy grail? I know exactly what it was. We were at my grandma's house, all our family was there, and I opened it up and it was the Ghostbusters Proton Pack. Oh. Oh. It was a glorious thing. It, the, it was a blue plastic pack that mm-hmm. you could wear, and it p- put a foam thing in the proton yep, gun. Yeah, big foam dildo in the end. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you remember it had the red trigger, and yeah. you'd, 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 when you, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'd press the trigger, and it would ramp up an engine, like a, a, a gear inside. A gear. So when you let go of the trigger, it would still ring. <laughs> Yep, exactly. And it had the, the PKE meter that you spun a, tra- That's right. a a little wheel on the back and it spun around, but it had too many ears. Like it had two ears right. like it's supposed to. And then this little wiggly. Wiggle one in the middle. Yeah. Wiggle one like in the middle antenna. for no reason. Yeah. But that was, that was the thing for me because I loved the Ghostbusters cartoon. I wasn't even allowed to see the movie yet. And I was obsessed with Ghostbusters. Sure. And I got this thing and I ran around the house and cried and I hugged it and I, I wanted to wear it to bed. Like I was obsessed with this Ghostbusters proton pack. That was the thing. But it's a great way to kick off our episode because today we're talking about toys. We're talking about toys. You're going to know every, I guarantee you, you're going to know pretty much everything we're talking about. Even if you don't know the exact action figure we're talking about, you will know the line of action figures. I'm sure, I mean, if you remember, remember they had a lot of Ghostbusters, not just uh, action figures, but things for you to be the Ghostbuster. There was a trap, which I never had. Thanks, oh, thanks mom and dad. Trap was so cool, There man. was that thing that looked, it looked like it was a gun, and it had it looked like little foam Nerf barrels. That's right, and you pushed it, and you shot the barrel out. Um, Ghostbusters was good about that because a lot of other toys and toy lines that we talk about have done, like, dress up as Batman, Ninja Turtles, Spider-Man, sure. but none of them work quite as well as Ghostbusters, because Ghostbusters, you were always you, and it was the accessory that made you. Sure, sure. The Although you got you got to admit, if your parents couldn't spring for that proton pack, yeah, fuck you. Like you, you know, you could have the other little guns and shit, yeah. but you could. I didn't have the trap, yeah. so in my house, I was always shooting ghosts, but I couldn't trap them. But that was fine because I also didn't have a containment unit, so <laughs> no big deal. They should have made a containment unit. <laughs> Oh, man, dude. So the Proton Pack, not only do I remember it, I remember when I got one, Yeah. it was in a big cardboard box. Remember, it was like a big flat cardboard box that in my memory, at least, was cardboard on three sides, but yeah. then had the picture on the front. Mm-hmm. 
My parents got it for me. I'm not exactly sure why, but it was a surprise and it was under their bed and I had seen it. So I knew I was getting it, but I did some stupid shit and got in trouble. And my parents told me, we have a surprise for you and now you're not getting it. And I was devastated because I knew what the surprise was. No. And I, I, they eventually did get it, but it, like they made me wait, a, you know, a week or whatever for it. And it was, I don't remember what I did or what I had to do to get off the shit list, but it was <laughs> agony. And dude, the worst part, there were ghosts all over the house. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, I really need it. The ghosts they are They were spiting themselves. <laughs> uh, no, but dude, I remember that one. I remember that one well. And the Ghostbuster stuff, there was a lot of good stuff. I remember I had not only the Ecto-1, which was pretty badass, but I actually had the Firehouse. Oh, man. And I'm glad you brought up the Firehouse because in my opinion, the Firehouse is one of the best playsets slash toys that you could possibly get. Mm -hmm. Because not only was this awesome for Ghostbusters, but it fit Ninja Turtles, it fit Batman, it fit just about every, I mean, Star Wars, it fit all those characters because it was the perfect size, big enough to put a vehicle in, multi-floored, and had a rooftop scene. So all you had to do was pull off that Ghostbusters sign and bam, you're in New York somewhere, (laughs) we don't know. But do you remember one of the features of the firehouse about, about on the top floor was a grate Yes. And you could pour this ooze into the grate and just make the biggest mess. Dude, th- there was some sort of genius meeting yeah. that happened at, I don't know if it was one toy company or all, but in like the mid 80s, early 90s, they had like a meeting and they're like, gentlemen, you know, I'm, I'm glad you came to the board meeting. Johnson had this revolutionary idea. Johnson, tell them. Kids these days are way into dirty stuff. They're into they're into some real gross things. They love worms and spiders. So how about we start giving each playset a can of ooze? Now, when Johnson says ooze, what he is saying is it's just dirty slime stuff that's just sticky, and and, and it's it's this polymer. We have a bunch of extra of it. It's just leftover scraps from all the toys we make. We just put it in a can, put some dye in it, sell it to kids. They're gonna love it. And we've had a bunch of scientists uh, look this stuff over, and they agree there's absolutely no danger to children. Even if they ingest it, it's probably fine, but it certainly will not stick to their hands. However. It will ruin couches, it will ruin carpets, it will ruin families. I mean, it will destroy every mother's love for her child. And once this shit dries, it turns sharp as glass. (laughs) That's right. fucking thought of that and the best was you know and and this is this is a good transition here but not only did ghostbusters have a lot of ooze and ooze based products but ninja turtles dude they had fucking i mean ooze was essential i mean ooze is a byproduct of the ghostbusters nemesis ooze was essential to the universe of Ninja Turtles, right? Centered a lot on news. I really think this was like an overstock product that they're just like, we have all this crap slime. What are we going to do with it? Um, <laughs> we have a bunch of this extra shampoo that doesn't work. Can we repackage it? I have a great story about the ooze. So I wasn't allowed to have the ooze. My parents took it away the second they found out what what it actually was, what's going on here. They're like, oh, no, 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 no. We can't have this. So so they took it away from me. And I remember, I don't remember the story. I remember them telling me the story, but mm-hmm. I had a babysitter once and they're like, he loves Ghostbusters. He can play with Ghostbusters, but he can't play with the ooze. <laughs> and, 
And they come home. I'm in bed and they come in the kitchen and the babysitter's pouring the ooze through the top, just <laughs> catching it down below and then pouring it through the top. <laughs> I, that's, that's, that's pretty awesome. And I feel like I feel like I would do that now if I had kids or like I'm teaching kindergarten. Yeah. There's plenty of things that I'd be like, no, 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 you shouldn't play with that. <laughs> and then I would be, <laughs> I'd be playing with it. You can't right? see me, but I just mimicked pouring ooze through a grate. <laughs> <laughs> through an imaginary firehouse. Um, that was such a good idea. And remember they, they had the same shit was in like those little uh, coin operated turn yeah, you things could, like a bowling alleys and shit. Yeah. You put a quarter in, twist the knob and a little egg would come out and it would mm-hmm. have fucking ooze in it. Why were we so <laughs> upset with the ooze? Where is all the ooze? How can we don't get ooze anymore? <laughs> I feel like that's a retro market that would have a, a pretty big audience. They found out how goddamn dangerous <laughs> it was. Because yeah, all those dead kids. <laughs> <laughs> We're all suffering from some sort of ooze disease. And we that would be a cool know. movie to show a kid playing with the ooze and like a Ninja Turtle figure. Yeah. And he gets mutated into a mutated version of the Ninja Turtle figure. Of the figure. toy. Don't steal our ideas. Um, and, and actually that would be a pretty cool movie because there are a lot of really cool Ninja Turtle figures. Well, think of the 80s. Ooze movies was a thing. Like ooze movies really were like a... a I mean, I'm thinking of the stuff, street trash. I mean, these movies are terrible and not for kids, but again, ooze-related things. Since we were making the joke about being in the boardroom and, and the invention, let's let's take it all the way back to the beginning. I'm going to give a little knowledge bomb. You ready for the knowledge bomb drop? I'm ready. Okay. So at some point back in the 60s, Hasbro was having a real tough time selling dolls to boys. They couldn't figure it out. They're like, how do we get boys to play with dolls? How do we get boys to play with dolls? I mean, they just don't want to. They're like, the dolls are for girls. I don't want to play with the dolls. So they had to come up with a great way. So they came up with a toy line, and this thing was 11.5 inches of pure muscle and army action, and it was G.I. Joe. And okay. they first labeled this thing as an action figure. And that, that was it. It took off. G.I. Joe was wildly popular. Mm-hmm. And, and they were basically all the same. They had a different face and some different clothes and some different accessories. But they were this giant 11.5 tall inch <laughs> doll with, with like fuzzy velvet facial hair and <laughs> right. big guns. And, and it was like playing with army guys, but you could pose them and do awesome stuff. But that was 1964. In 1971, a company called Mego starts producing Marvel and DC comic toys at the same time. And these toys were smaller, but they had armature and then cloth skin over them and then a plastic head. And they had Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, they had Batman, they had basically the entire Justice League. Right. And I think back then they were like the super friends at this point. So they had the the Hall of Justice that came in a cardboard box. And these things are wildly popular. If you look them up online, we'll put a link on our Facebook. But these things are collector's items now. So then in 1974, there's an oil crisis going on and plastic apparently is having a tough time getting enough to make a 11.5 inch toy. So in Japan, the micro man is created and he is three and three quarters inches, which is an important height for some reason is the magic number. It is the Da Vinci number of action figures (laughs) because that becomes a standard for years to come after that. They, They sold really well. They stored better. You know, you had to make smaller pieces. It wasn't as big a deal. So, Fast forwarding to 1976, a little tiny movie called Star Wars is in production and George Lucas is trying to get 
toys made. And he was really smart because he with he, he held on to the toy rights mm-hmm. to Star Wars. And nobody believed in this movie. Everybody thought it looked like garbage. Everybody thought it was going to be stupid. But he believed it and he believed selling toys was going to be a big part of it. So he goes to Mego, the same people who are making the Marvel and DC comic toys, and says, hey, you guys want to make the toys? And they go, we do. But our boss isn't here. He's like out to lunch. He's at a meeting. He's not here right now. So he goes, okay, fine. Goes out the door, down one floor in the same building to a little company (laughs) called Kenner. And they say, you want to make Star Wars toys? And Kenner said, hell yeah. And they started making Star Wars toys. And we know how that goes from there. So that's 1976. Star Wars comes out and is one of the biggest blockbusters of all time. And the toys go flying off the shelves. And, And all toys. They had good toys. They had bad toys. They had everything. They sold Tons of these things. And just after that era, we start getting into something I like to call the classic Saturday morning cartoon era. And this is when action figures and cartoons really exploded because every cartoon had toys and every toy had a cartoon airing on Saturday morning. And this is when we get Masters of the Universe, G.I. Joe, Thundercats, Transformers, and soon after that, Ghostbusters, Ninja Turtles, Batman the Animated Series. And this is just when action figures blew up. Up. Right. So did you grow up with Masters of the Universe? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like I was I was such a dyed-in-the-wool Star Wars kid. Yeah. That's where most of my time and, and interest lay. But I certainly was – I was not a big G.I. Joe guy. I had a handful. Mm-hmm. But, like, when I had them, I would play, like, Predator or something with them. I never played G.I. Joe. Oh, but, <laughs> yeah. But backtracking back to it um, – I was a big He-Man guy, just not as, I mean, I guess now that I'm th- I'm trying to think of like the specific toys of He-Man that I remember having. Yeah. And the numbers like, bu- 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 I'm like oh, actually I had a lot of them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, they were, and they were tons of fun. And you didn't care how homoerotic the entire thing was. <laughs> you know, you were like, I'm playing with muscle bound dudes wearing hairy underwear. And my parents gave them to me. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Um, I wonder if that toy line would work now for kids or if enough people would like create a stir and be like some idiotic "Uh, stir. Yeah. Jesus doesn't like that. (laughs) Jesus doesn't like man at arms. (laughs) Dude, Jesus doesn't like ram man. (laughs) Shira doesn't have a positive body image. (laughs) Jesus, if you're listening, we're not making fun of you. Um, Yeah, why, man, no, those why did are we cool. say it in Skeletor's voice? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, dude, I had a lot of those. And those, those were fun figures. And they were really cool. It was cool because it was like, it was almost like superhero meets monsters. Yeah. You know, like in my mind, because you really had the best of both worlds there. It's definitely that like swords and sorcery, Conan the Barbarian thing going on. With like a sci-fi twist. Because they edge. were like spaceship-esque stuff. Yeah. And, you know, like... He-Man lives in a castle, right? Yeah. But also there's spaceships and, like, land speeder type shit that they're yeah. flying around the, in, the, which is, like, pretty cool. Battle Cat had laser guns on it. Yeah! Like, yeah. <laughs> dude, any, that's true. You know, and I always say now, as a grown-up, I don't really care about swords and sorcerer type stuff. But I suppose if you're a nerd who holds up a sword and yells about it, yeah. turns you into that awesome dude. You have a, a sword and you ride a fucking tiger. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty cool. <laughs> that that was how that board meeting went. It was like basically it's a huge muscle guy 
And they were like, ah, it's been done. He's like, yeah, but he doesn't walk into battle. He rides a tiger. And everyone was like, oh, and he's like, oh, oh yeah, P.S. The tiger has on a helmet. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. Dude, that, yeah, that was, that was actually pretty cool. Did you have a bunch of those? I had zero. Really? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, I, I didn't have a lot of the uh, Masters of the Universe toys. I did have Star Wars toys. And, and I remember my favorite Star Wars toy was uh, I, I did something good. I was a good boy. And my mom said she had a surprise for me. And she pulled out a Jabba the Hutt toy. And it's the one with the articulated tail and the yep. head where you move his head and his tail wiggles or you move his <laughs> tail and he rocks out. Um, <laughs> you know, he just crumps it up. He's like, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, she pulls it out and I was so scared of it. I didn't know what it was. I was like, oh, it's a monster. Because I, I, I probably had seen the movie but didn't realize what it was or I hadn't seen the movie and they were going to show it to me like later in the week and like mm-hmm. we're trying to get me excited for it. It later became one of my favorite toys. I mean, sure. that job of the hut and like the little characters you could get for it. I mean, Star Wars was so good because they had every character and the side characters could have their own quests. And I think it's something that a lot of other lines never pay attention to is that Ooh. side characters are really important. And I know people make fun of certain toy lines and we'll get into this later, make fun of certain toy lines for creating characters, but it's like, yeah, but you had them and they could have their own storylines that weren't centric to the movies sure. or to a cartoon plot. It, it, it helped fill out that world. And, and especially the amount of, toy mixing that went went down in, mm-hmm. in my household at least like yeah. G.I. Joe's and Ninja Turtles were, were friends I mean they did oh, really? stuff together yeah even though they were a little bit smaller that would flip me out as a, even as an OCD kid I really? couldn't handle it couldn't handle the mixing sizes. no, no. Oh. I mean even when the, they made a Predator toy you didn't play Predators with your G.I. Joe's to, to get them I think by the time well no because by the no because you know what the good news was mm-hmm. <laughs> when they made the Predator toys that was Kenner yeah. and Kenner Kenner made Predator Aliens and Terminator toys yeah. so there were humans in that line yeah. and other creatures and robots in that line and I could play them together so they didn't have to meet but I did used to play G.I. Joe's when I played G.I. Joe's I would have I had one guy that was one of those ones that like it was something about like uh, pollution and the environment and he was one of the Cobra guys <laughs> and he had a big huge water cannon on his arm and when you sprayed water at another guy from that same line, yeah. the cold water on their chest would turn it into like this big splooge patch. But <laughs> yeah. he was all in a bio suit is the, <laughs> the main gist of the story there. So he was the predator when I played and he would hunt the other G.I. Joe guys yeah. and dude, I would literally take a, a mini screwdriver, unscrew the screw on the back of them. Yeah. You can take the figures apart that way. I yeah. would take the heads out, screw them back together, and hang them from my lamp with <laughs> dental floss. <laughs> when I played Predator, oh. I don't know why my parents didn't have me like taken to a shrink, but like, that's how I used to play shit. <laughs> oh man! Oh, but yeah, dude, we're, we're jumping. But Star Wars, dude, and Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, I remember that was like almost like a mini playset because he came yep. on that base. Came on the and base. And the base had the little monster heads. If yep. you twisted the monster heads, the flaps would open. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when, if you looked in there, there was sculpted on the plastic rats and bones and stuff? Because you could put another figure in there and trap and them. and trap them in there. That yeah. was pretty free. And he came with a salacious crumb too, a little that sit on there. Yeah. Oh that man, that was pretty cool. I, I I loved the Jabba the Hutt thing, and I was always trying to get the full like as many Jabba characters because sure. I'm sure we'll get into it in a, in a later episode talking about Return of the Jedi, but the, the job of the Hut scene is incredible. I mean, this is like 
such a great atmosphere. And since the cantina, we hadn't seen this like atmosphere of Star Wars mm-hmm. and not a big fan of what they did with the, the digital enhanced version. Sure. But the original was so cool. And my favorite character in Jabba's Palace was the little blue elephant, Max Rebo. And when I finally got the band. Sure. Uh, Cy Snoodles, Droopy McCool. McCool. <laughs> Which is just like who, who, like in my head, Droopy McCool is is the cartoon dog. <laughs> he's got no eyes. Yeah, he's got. <laughs> um, and and Max Rebo with a little organ, and and getting that together with Job of the Hut was just, you know, you felt like you accomplished something. <laughs> <laughs> You might assign a little bit more significance to that accomplishment than I do. But yeah, fair. I was excited that I had them. Um, <laughs> what was your favorite of the Star Wars toys? Oh, man. I don't know. There's so many. Oh, you know what I would have to say? So remember the first X-Wing, like back in the day, it had a sculpted R2-D2 in the back and it was detailless. It was yeah. just the dome. It had no face like R2 face, but it was the button that operated the S-foils of the X-Wing. Mm-hmm. That was fun and I had that, but I was bummed that I could not take my R2 figure and stick it into the X-Wing because the idea of having that little droid socket that the fig- that the, the character could go in and out of in the movie, I thought that was so cool. Yeah. The Y-Wing, however, had an empty socket. So you could put your astromech droid, whatever you had, I had R2-D2 from the droids cartoon series, oh. which now is worth like a billion dollars. Oh I wish gosh. I knew that while I was fucking dunking it in my pool and the <laughs> sticker was coming off. But I had that Y-Wing and the Y, and I still have it, the Y-Wing you could put an R2 unit in the back. And I thought that was so cool that yeah. you could, because then it also lend, lent itself to like customization. Yeah. So if you had not R2-D2, but a different R2 unit, or if you had, like, they had an R5-D4, which I never had growing up but always wanted, that would that you could put that in there. It would be so cool. I, I loved the idea of that. I don't know why. I just thought that was so cool. Well, I think one of the really important things for toys and especially toy manufacturers mm-hmm. is not only you're telling the story of whatever toy you're putting out there, mm-hmm. but the ability to expand the narratives that the kids get to create. And sure. I'll tell you a brief story. When we were moving or, or we, we had an addition built onto our house and there were lots of cardboard boxes and, and things lying around. And I built a Cloud City playset like nice. and, and, and this was I didn't build Cloud City. I built Cloud City as if it were a playset. So it had triggers that would flip stairs. Oh, cool. And it was the it was the it, it was the carbonite room. And the carbonite room was made out of a Pringles can that had an elevator inside of it that could lift and Wow. Lower. I wish I was friends with you growing up. I built steps that they could fight on. And if you put Darth Vader on the top step, I had a like a little popsicle stick rig thing to flip the step so Darth Vader would fly at whoever was on the floor. And oh. he could knock them over. I had an area um, that was a, a little catwalk that you could knock them off the catwalk. You know, after you cut off Luke's hand, he could fall down the yeah. catwalk. And then down below was all these different little paper vignettes that I drew and it was like the droid smelting room Mm -hmm. that had a a folding down uh, conveyor belt to put smashed up C-3PO on. Wow, look at you. And then there was another room that had the torture device for Han Solo to be tortured in. And it was just like all these little vignettes that, like you could package this thing and sell it if you made it out of plastic. Sure. I had made it out of like cardboard and popsicle sticks, but it was still just like the the ability to say what story do you want to tell here Mm -hmm. and how versatile can it be? And I think that's really important in toys is how versatile is it sure 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 so you're right you 
uh, having the versatility is really important. And you had said before, Star Wars, excuse me, as a toy line was really cool because you get those extra background characters that don't have a huge part in the movies, but in your adventures in your living room, you could take them wherever you want. That was one of the big strengths of the Star Wars toys, I think. Another completely different toy line that I think succeeded in the same area, maybe even went further, was Mm. the... I'll call it the original line of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle toys. Oh, for sure. You know, in the 90s. They had, when they first came out, I believe they had, like, the mainstays, like the Four Turtles, Splinter, April Shredder, and I think Bebop and Rocksteady. That might have been all that they had. Yeah, that's that's it. But, I mean, very quickly, there was an explosion of all these different characters. Some were in the comic books. Some were in the TV show. Some, I don't think, existed outside of the toy line, but... They were, to jump the gun, I'll almost say that they were almost like kids' version of McFarlane toys. The sculpts were really cool. The backgrounds were really cool. You believe that they belong to the same universe. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a lot of dumb ones, which we'll talk about eventually. But there's a lot of great ones. Like, I mean, you're shaking your head or you're nodding your head as as I say this. What are some of the ones that you, that stick out in your mind? Ninja Turtles were just the best. I had, I had tons of these. Me and my brother would play Ninja Turtles just nonstop. And in the early, the early rounds of some of these extra characters, there was uh, an alligator called Leatherhead that I really sure. liked. And one of my really favorite ones is, I want to pull this up. So in 1990, they released a series and it had just all of them were so cool. Scumbug, Muckman, sure. Mutagen Man. Now, you remember Muckman? Do you remember this guy? He's a yeah. green guy. I'm going to try and describe him. He's a green guy who is, like, mutated out of a trash heap. He's got, like, bits and pieces in his head that you can you can take out the top of his head and pour ooze through the top of his ooh, head. All right, another to, thing with another the ooze. Another ooze thing to come out of his mouth and, and belly for some reason. And yeah. he, he had, like, he was just this gross, like, melting dude. But his hand was skeleton. It was a skeleton hand, so at some point he was human, which had a really dark implication <laughs> for me. And then Mutagen Man, this this one was probably my favorite, and he was like a, a clear fish tank person with like veins and guts floating in a fish tank mm-hmm. that you filled with water, and then he had arms and legs that had parts of their skin missing. It's like, how cool is that? It, they had so many cool things, and now I remember how Ninja Turtles as a franchise got introduced to me mm-hmm. Whatever year it was, I'm not exactly sure, but I was in elementary school. A buddy of mine had Leonardo in school. And I thought it was so cool that this was like, I mean, I didn't understand the concept of mutant at the time, but a humanoid turtle who had two swords. And I immediately remember thinking like, what is this? Why? What does he do? Who is he? What's the deal? And the next time I, I think it was a report card present, my mom said I could go to Kmart or Walmart, toy store, whatever it was, and pick one out. And I remember thinking I was going to get the same one. And when I got there, I saw all of them, and I ended up getting Raphael. He was my first one because I thought I'd never in my life seen a Psy before, and I thought that looked like such a badass weapon. And also, if you remember, each of the four turtles had a different face sculpt. Yeah. Leonardo's was something like, uh, he yeah, had like, the side, yeah. <laughs> he had like his mouth. <laughs> he had teeth on one side, but like just like a little. Uh, Raphael's face looked more badass, I oh, thought. Yeah. And I looked at it, I was like, that's the one for me. And I that was my first one. But then I remember later, and again, like the TV show followed, at least in my mind, and maybe the TV show came out first and I just wasn't hip to it yet, but the TV show came out or at least got into my mind very shortly thereafter. But there was other stuff like, dude. 
the original Casey Jones yeah. is badass yeah. looking, the figure. And you see him and you're like, what's the story there? And yeah. he comes with a golf bag, hockey sticks, yeah. and broken baseball broken bats. Broken baseball bats. There's only one thing you carry those around with. You know, it's yeah. the same thing with like Daredevil. Daredevil has a billy club. Mm-hmm. You hit people with those. Yeah. That's what you do. Well, and, and in this world, like Ninja Turtles was always so crazy because they really were – they didn't have superpowers. They were mutants. Mm-hmm. They just beat the shit out of people. And Casey <laughs> Jones is like a human that they catch doing this. And they're like, whoa, 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 Casey Jones, you shouldn't be beating the shit out of people. But it's like, you're beating the shit out of people. Mm-hmm. What, what do you mean he can't beat the shit out of people? But Casey Jones was a, was an awesome toy because he's one of these side characters that, that could really play well into any Ninja Turtle game. And the thing I will say, the Ninja Turtles were on top of their game because Star Wars didn't have a lot of accessories in the original okay, toy line. Enough. Um, you know, if they had an accessory, it was like built into their arm in an awkward way. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they might have come with a blaster that that didn't really fit in their hand. But Ninja Turtles came with really cool weapons, all in the same like red plastic that you had to pluck and peel off of these little racks. Yeah. And and then they had a ton of them. And and the weapons were cool. They fit in their hands. You know, they they were true action figures in that sense. They like also, they if you had, remember the original Ninja Turtles, yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, go for it. The um, the original four turtles mm-hmm. came with black plastic, like, uh, I don't want to say accessory belts, but like harnesses and shit for their weapons to fit in. Yeah. And there were holsters not only for their main weapons. Yes. But also in the back, there was a place for a knife. Yes. A couple of them had pegs that you can put ninja stars ninja on. Stars, yeah. So it's like, not only they come with accessories, but they thought like, these fuckers need to carry them into battle. Mm-hmm. That's pretty smart. I thought that was like sophisticated for a kid's toy, you know? For as rudimentary as these action figures were, I mean, they really only had like four, you know, the point of articulation was just at the joint. They, their arms didn't move. Sure. Did their, did their wrists move? I don't remember if they did or not. Um, but they, 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 I, they, I think they did actually. To an extent, some of them did. I mean, they, it looks no, like they some did, of them. They did, dude, they did. Um, but they, they had all these accessories. They had all these great sculpts in, in, in the early lines. They, they went so derailed later. They we, did later. We will <laughs> we'll get, get to into that. that. <laughs> but, but Ninja Turtles were so great and, and they had great vehicles. Like mm. as far as vehicles go, they had all these, you know, the, the, the blimp. Like, why did we, but we all had the blimp. Everybody wanted the blimp. Mm-hmm. They had the, the turtle van and they had ridiculous vehicles. And and right. Ninja Turtles was a great selling point in just like, wow, look at this cool creature. And they went hog wild. Like the, the, the pitch meetings must've been so much fun. They probably had one comic book that they didn't read. They obviously did not read <laughs> any of this. They had like pictures from the TV show, which they didn't watch because none of it made any sense. And they just went down the line, picked animals and figured out how to turn that into an action figure. Mm-hmm. And that was awesome. Right. Awesome. There's millions of things about that very simple idea that kids love. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, um, and to spawn years and years, I mean, hundreds of toys out of this was was one of the, they were one of the more prolific ones as, a, as I was a child. Sure. Star Wars and G.I. Joe's were massively prolific. They made hundreds and hundreds of toys, but they started to peter off with the cartoon era because, you know, G.I. Joe's didn't know how to make a cartoon that sold all those little pieces, the toys sold themselves. Ninja Turtles, you know, you could build a toy and then put it in the cartoon and then kids could buy it a right. month later. Well, let's do this. If you if your memory is as good as mine, what are some of the, the specific Ninja Turtle toys, doesn't have to be action figures per se, mm-hmm. but what were some of the toys of that line that you loved a lot or that spoke to you as a kid or still speak to you as an adult? Well, 
I mean, Muckman, Mutagen Man, Scumbug. Uh, <laughs> Scumbug. I mean, Pizza Face, which <laughs> was one of the more racist ones. Um, <laughs> Dude, Scumbug, I remember. Do you remember they were Ninja Turtle juice boxes? There was a line in Ninja Turtle juice boxes. I think there was only four flavors slash colors. They're probably the same yeah. flavor. But they had a uh, an il- illustration on either be- on the front of each box that correlated to a Ninja Turtles, I think it was a Ninja Turtles Adventures comic, which was the kids-friendly comic yeah. about the cartoons. Scumbug was a huge image on one of those, ju- uh, those, those uh, juice boxes, I specifically remember. Oh. Scum- Scumbug was the, the purple... The purple guy with like big tucks on the side of his face. He was like yeah. a, he was like a cockroach killer or he something, and he got guy. mutated. Yeah, and he and he was a big purple cockroach. Yeah, with weird giant antennas pulled into a ponytail over his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he, here's another one. He has human skin on his arms, but it's yes. ripped, ripped up, ripped open to ripped show, open. like the fly. Yes, he was very much the fly. And 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 you know, for as kid friendly as they were, they were pretty pr- pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, here, here's a fun story about um, Ray Fillet, and this is a manta ray. I had him. Yeah, here's a manta ray <laughs> that you dipped him in water, and he would his, he would change color. And the back of his card said something like his favorite saying was like "suck salt water, dude." And I, I kept saying it. <laughs> And my mom was like, don't say sucks. And I was like, why not? And she looked at me and goes, what do you think they want you to suck? And I was like, oh. So that's where I learned the term sucks. <laughs> First of all, so <laughs> again, they're in that boardroom. They're like, because you, I don't know, if you, you listening to the show, I'm sure you remember all those Ninja Turtle cards and Transformers and G.I. Joes. They all had little profiles for the character that you were buying on the back of the card. They're like, this Ray Filet guy. He definitely needs a saying. And they're like, how about suck salt water? Suck salt water, And dude. then I have this idiot, my friend over here, was running around saying that. Just repeating it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, Matt, what were some of your favorite Ninja Turtles? Because, I mean, we could just go uh, on for there's, days. You're right. There's a ton. So I'll give you a couple quickies, okay? Okay. First of all, Usaki Ojimbo. Mm. I didn't... I mean, now as an adult, I've been reading the comics and they're awesome. And it's an amazing idea for a character, beautifully illustrated by creator Stan Sakai, who does not draw him at all what he looked like in the toys. Even the toys didn't look like the his appearance in the cartoon show. Right. The toys, he looks totally badass. And I just remember as a kid thinking how cool it was that he was a bunny but badass. Remember he had armor? He had armor yeah. plating on his shoulders. Yeah. He was awesome. One of my main favorites was I had a Triceraton figure. Mm. Again, which is straight from the original Eastman Laird comics. Right. But I didn't know that at the time. It was just a badass figure. And I used to use that as my Razor figure because I didn't have Razor. Mm. So when I played, he was one of the henchmen for Shredder, like one of the Bane <laughs> enforcers. <laughs> the and playbill would say, standing in for Razor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that though. I thought he was such a cool figure. He also came with some really cool accessories. He had a really cool looking gun that had an armor plating in the front and a banana clip. And I thought that was so fucking cool looking. Panda Khan was a really cool one. Do you remember him? <laughs> he was like in the same vein as Usagi Ojimbo as a, as a yes. samurai yes. panda. And I don't, for, for all I know, he may be part of the Yojimbo, Sosaki Yojimbo comics, but I don't mm-hmm. know. But he was badass looking, and I remember he came with a double-sided battle axe, and it just looked so cool. But probably my absolute favorite, favorite, favorite 
was Slash. Do you remember Slash? Oh yeah, the, not, the, the evil turtle. Not the Guns N' Roses guy. <laughs> yeah, the evil turtle. And dude, you talk about evil version of a hero, right? Superman has Bizarro, Spider-Man has Venom. Slash was just so cool. First of all, he looked like a crooked version of the turtle. His eye, one eye was big, one eye was small. His mask was black and tattered. He had two shredder claws, like predator claws, mm -hmm. one on each hand, which identifies him as a bad guy design-wise for that, you know. He had a spiked shell. He just looked so fucking badass. He's so cool. Let me throw this at you. Did you know that all their weapons had funny little names too? I'm looking at this picture of Slash right here, mm -hmm. and his accessories are labeled as the Nasty Nunchaku, the Mutant Mace, the Razor Spiked Gnarly Knife, and the Psycho Psy. Dude, that's what the psycho side was zigzag. Mm -hmm. The gnarly knife was a big, like what I, in my mind, call a Frank Miller knife because it looks just like all the knives that they drew back then. <laughs> and dude, I remember the mace. I forgot about the mace until just now. I knew we were going to talk about turtles and I knew I was going to talk about Slash. But dude, that mace was so freaking cool for him. I just, I thought that was such an awesome, awesome, awesome design. I thought he was so cool. And he was my. What was the other one? Razar and Tokar? Yeah. Or Toka, Tokar? When did Tokar show up? I mean, did they Ninja have a Turtle? Oh, when did the figure show up? Yeah, did they ever have a figure of Tokar? They did. They had a Razar and a Tokar one, but in my mind, even when they came out, I liked the ones that I was doing better. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Slash was probably my favorite one. I love that one. That's awesome. Yeah, and and, and Ninja Turtles just, they, they kept putting out ones that you wanted to play with, you wanted to get, mm -hmm. and whether they were in the cartoon or not, like... You had plenty of fun doing it. I remember I had a whole line of Ninja Turtles that were just like in our tub because they were very <laughs> water. Like they were ones where they and, and these are some of the sillier ones, but they were ones that had like scuba gear on. Right. But they had to they had a submarine, a little tiny submarine that you could put in the water and mm -hmm. it would putter around in when you wound it up would putter around in the tub and we had a whole line of just ninja turtle tub toys that, that <laughs> you know, it was fantastic. But. But what do you think they want you to suck? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. So, you know, as I got a little bit older, you know, Ninja Turtles, the cartoon got cheesier. Mm -hmm. Well, the, the original cartoon got cheesier. La later series became, you know, more badass again. But as, as I started to shy away from, from playing with toys uh, like the Ninja Turtles, one of the toys that started coming out that, that I really got into was... This is around 1990s was Spawn. Oh, yeah. So I would love to start talking about the amazing Todd McFarlane Spawn. Go for it. So, Matt, can you give a little backstory on Todd McFarlane for us? Yeah. So Todd McFarlane was this up and coming artist. He might have dabbled in D.C., but I know that he really got he made he made his chops, so to speak, at Marvel. He was an amazing Marvel artist. He did all these stuff and, you know, like Frank Miller and a couple other people before him, started off as an artist, then was an artist and a writer, then was just writing and really had the world by a string, so to speak, for a while. He wrote some really amazing Spider-Man comics that he also drew. And I feel like some artists, when they are also writing or writing instead, you're like, uh, you're kind of jumping the shark with your own career. I, you're, you're a great artist, but you're not as great a storyteller. Mm -hmm. He just had this fluidity and a, a, a beautiful, like he could show you 
how he was progressing the story. So not only was he writing the dialogue at certain points, but he was also drawing the story and it just flowed so beautifully. It was great stories. Some of the, the more notable ones, I, I love his Venom work. Like oh. his, he could draw Venom like nobody's business. Yep. He could draw Spider-Man like nobody's business. And his mm-hmm. story arcs with Venom were so great because I think it really developed the character to what he is today. Developed some of his powers, developed some of the conflict in Venom mm-hmm. and Eddie Brock. Yep. And and just really nailed it. I, I always have been such a big fan of Tom McFarlane's Spider-Man, but things weren't going great after a while. He he wanted to kind of branch out. The story as I've read it is there was eventually, there was a fight between the X-Men and Juggernaut, and to stop Juggernaut, they went for his eye because mm-hmm. his eyes are exposed. Yeah. And there was, I guess there was a panel that he was drawing of the, I think, it, I forget who, maybe it was Wolverine, but someone stabbing him or going to stab him in the eyes. And Marvel was like, no, that's too violent. You need to back off. And he was like, screw this. And he left Marvel over that. And he left them hard. It was not yeah. an, an, a nice uh, break. So he Torch left and then he started Image Comics. was his own, him and a bunch of other big, well, now big, but at the time, up-and-coming artists, he started Image Comics, and it was supposed to be the other side of the fence of those big, you know, essentially Marvel and DC, but to a lesser extent, some of the next-level comic places. This was like creator-owned, everyone was going to share in what was happening there, and their flagship title was, of course, Spawn, which was... You know, McFarlane created it, drew it, wrote it, mm-hmm. uh, and in the beginning at least, and uh, it was, it kind of was a badass comic, and to me, defines the '90s. You know, in comic, big time, big time, and and in 1994, the Spawn comic was being so successful. Mm-hmm. Um, Todd McFarlane wanted to make some toys, and so he reached out to one of the biggest toy companies, Mattel. to produce action figures, and and right off the bat, like their quality was not up <clears> to par. And he said, no, 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 we need more detail. We need more articulation. And Mattel is like, we don't do that. You know, how do you sell toys to kids that way? And he goes, ha ha, joke's on you. I don't want to sell toys to kids. <laughs> and this really starts the era of toys that adults were buying and mm-hmm. and displaying, almost almost maquettes more than, than toys. Sure. But with 1994, when he splits off to create his toy company, he, he really started creating toys that were not for kids, made for collectors, made for adults. And they were the most detailed, gorgeous sculpts, just amazing one-off figures that just were incredible. And, And a funny story, a funny story is when he first split with Mattel and was like, you suck at making toys for me, he created his own toy company, which he called Todd's Toys. And Mattel had a little problem with that, and we're, we're going to kind of show you how that goes. Hello? Hi, Todd McFarlane? Uh, yes. Hi, this is Mattel, you know, the people you said suck at making spawn toys? Ah, uh, yes, I do remember you. Okay, okay. So we've noticed you've created your own company called Todd's Toys, and, and, and we have a little issue with that. You see, we don't want people confusing Todd's Toys with Barbie's brother's Todd. I, I have so many questions about this. Number, number one, um, Barbie has a brother? Yes, named Todd. Okay, I'm going to, as a owner of a comic book company and comic artist for years, I'm not as familiar with uh, Barbie's family as I guess other people would be, but. We just we just don't want anybody confusing a burnt face skeleton hell spawn mm-hmm. with Barbie's brother because they're not related. I, I understand that. And you're concerned about the overlap between 
the people interested in my product and the people interested in your product? Yes, yes. We don't want anybody to think that Barbie's little brother Todd is a burnt face hell spawn, and we really need you to change that name. Okay. <laughs> and that's exactly how it went. We read that from the transcript, folks. From the transcript, that's how it went. Yeah, a, Rumi does his research, and that's uh, that's apparently a true story. I mean, <laughs> so so he changed it to McFarland Toys, which was a better better thing going anyway, and made some of the. In it certainly sounds less sex toysy. <laughs> Toys. Right, toys. I mean, <laughs> no batteries required. <laughs> um, <laughs> and 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 McFarland toys, man. Do do you have some favorite McFarland toys? So it's interesting. I got into Spawn late, mm-hmm. but when I got into it, I got into it hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in college, so it was like early two thousands. But then I went back because. Um, I started reading the comics. I start, I watched all the HBO animated show, and I got into it hard. And I bought, at the time, I'm pretty sure it was Spawn Series 5 action figures. Mm-hmm. And at that point, they were really hitting their stride yeah. of, like, adult-oriented. Not adult-oriented, but, like, adult-marketed. Oh, they got there later. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They got, um, it was really, really nice sculpts. They really looked cool. They were not really for playing with. They were for displaying. Oh, yeah. Um, and I thought they were so cool because... Now, I was not as much a comic dork now then as I am now, but I feel like those figures and the figures that came after, both from McFarlane and other companies, really bridged the gap between, like you said, the maquettes and statues that were a couple hundred bucks a pop, and you would just, you know, leave in your, your shelf, and these, you know, collector's edition figures that were gorgeous and weren't really made, I mean... A lot of the McFarlane toys, you I can't imagine a kid actually having adventures with. No. They're not made, physically made for that purpose, but you could display the shit out of those things. Um, They're amazing. Like I said, I started with Series 5. I've mm-hmm. got, I know I got Clown, Violator. Shit, I probably still have these. I should look it up because I remember they looked awesome. And Spawn. And the Spawn was so cool. He had all these guns, but he had no cape. It was from an adventure he had with no cape. So well, it wasn't even it wasn't even the cape across his face. There was just none. He was just like he looked almost like Venom yeah. with the guns. Now, now was this the, the spawn with the big boot, or did he still have pockets and big the boot? Little, this big was boot. still yeah. big boot. So um, then from then I got so into it, I went back because that was series five or not series five. It was Spawn five. I don't yeah. remember what the series was, but I went back. Spawn four was with the. Cape around his face. He had like a bandana he had, cape. He just he had guns, guns all over him, just ready to bear. I had that one. That was Spawn 4. Spawn 3 was, he had the, I don't, first of all, I only like Spawn with the mask on. Hamburger face. It's good for dialogue and shit, but I don't want him fighting with that. If I'm displaying a Spawn figure, I want him to have the oh, mask on. I love hamburger face. Nah, I mean, it's uh, cool, okay, but okay. the Spawn 3 was a deluxe edition mm-hmm. set. It was a big box like this big. It came with a ton of accessories as well as some animals, yeah. like a owl, a wolf, and there were different editions of Rats it. So whichever stuff, yeah. whichever edition you got, there were different owls, different um, animals. But he had a huge spring-loaded cape mm-hmm. that flapped out like this, yes. and it was all ripped up. Oh. That was hanging up in my dorm room. Oh, it was Chicks so cool. loved it. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm remembering. You just brought this back. I remember. And his eyes lit up too. Oh, his, his eyes, eyes lit, lit up. up. So so. My brother, my five year, my five year younger brother, mm-hmm. he was into Spawn, and he had all the Spawn toys, and so vicariously I got to mm-hmm. see and play with the Spawn toys. And I remember that cape thing was so badass. It looked cool. 
So cool. He was still the big boot spawn. Big boot the, spawn. The, the he had like real one. chains hanging off of him. That's right. And I had him, I monofilamented him up onto the ceiling of my oh. dorm room. That was the third one. He was the coolest. Um, I loved, there was one later that almost is, I mean, it, it it really almost is bridging too far into just a mechanic. I already know which one you're talking about. Him in the throne of skulls holding yep. the head. Yep. This thing was so cool. That and was like, a huge one too. Yeah, it was big. I mean, the, these spawn toys are incredible. And, and, and the cool thing about this is in Ninja Turtles, they would later on jump the shark with like Star Trek ones and farmer ones and military. Like they, sure. they, they just were trying to find reasons to put them in this. For some reason, because the spawns were always collectors from the get-go and not really ones that you're playing with storyline-wise, mm -hmm. Mandarin spawn was so cool. Normally you'd be like, jump the shark. But mm -hmm. Mandarin spawn was this incredible, detailed Mandarin armor with just amazing tiniest detail in his armor and in the face. And he has like this dragon armor on his chest. And this giant sword, and and it was just the one to me one of the coolest sculpts. Made no sense to spawn. I sure, don't think spawn sure. ever looked like that. But on the back of the card, it was like hell spawns have been coming for ages. This is one from mm -hmm. back in that era, and you're like, that's rad. That's yeah, yeah. The really way cool. they made toys, it was almost like you look at the figure and be like. I would read a book about that. Yeah. Like, if you want to tell me that story, looking at that image, mm -hmm. I'll give you the time to tell me the story. Whereas, like, you look at the Ninja Turtles and you're like, why? There's no story you could tell me that explains why Michelangelo is dressed up like a clown at a birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, that's a real figure. That was a real thing real they made. Figure. I, oh, There's no reason for that to happen. Weird thing about that series, there weren't all four. There no. were only three turtles I there. I think and Donatello was missing. Why didn't they do all four? They could only think of three <laughs> birthday party positions. They're like a uh, clown, magician, cake guy. But we could only come up with three <laughs> stupid <laughs> ideas, so let's just go with it. Yeah, but I, you're right. I think like the, like McFarlane almost had like the opposite model, where yeah. it's like let's make gorgeous toys. Oh. Worry about the relevance and the story later. They <laughs> had worry some, about they how had breakable really they were. What's that? Worry about how breakable they were. <laughs> <laughs> I. I can think of specifically like three or four times I would open a, a Todd McFarlane toy and yep. it would already be broken. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I would I know I broke multiples getting them out of the package. Getting them out of and the And I'm package. not like a reckless kid. I'm mm -hmm. even now and as a kid, I was mm -hmm. OCD, took my time with shit, especially if it was something I spent my money on and was mm -hmm. concerned about. But like <laughs> they had well to, 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 I guess, continue like the evolution, not only did their spawn figures get better and better and just more beautiful as they went on, but then he started to branch out and make other things. He had other franchises. So he had yeah. like, he did movie, man <laughs> he did movie maniacs of all your favorite horror movie and slasher movie icons, Michael Myers, Jason, uh, Ghostface, Chucky, he, and I'm sure multiples of, oh, Psycho, he did sci a figure of Psycho, Norman Bates. An amazing alien versus predator, uh, Right, and that, that's what I was going to get into because he went into aliens and predator figures and mm -hmm. they had not been done really except for like the high-end collector stuff. They hadn't really been done since Kenner. Yeah. And these were 20, 15, 20 bucks a pop, yeah. which was affordable for me when I was in college. And they were gorgeous display pieces. Yep. Gorgeous, gorgeous and very movie accurate. Um, they didn't go crazy with Kenner with like Lava Planet Alien yeah. or, you know, like freaking Dentist Predator, you know? Yeah. Um, it, I, they were have, really nice looking figures. My office right now has a pretty decent sized display case, six foot tall display case. I know. <laughs> full of these movie monsters because they were my absolute 
Freddy. They had, had a good Freddy. Still have And they them. were really nice looking I, I things. I have the 12 inch Freddy. I have mm-hmm. the foot tall one. Um, just before the movie Maniacs came out, what got him into monsters is he wanted to do his own series of the Universal Monsters. Oh, that's right. And he created these, these play sets. Um, it was Frankenstein. Um, and they were his own vision. Right. Frankenstein, Wolfman, Creature from the Black Lagoon, Dracula, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, and The Phantom of the Opera, That's and The right. Mummy. And I I still have them upstairs. I, they're in my display case. I love them so much. So much. These are like my – these were probably one of my favorite toys next to that proton pack were these Tom McFarlane <laughs> monster play sets. And the one that got away was Dracula. I could never find him, and now he's like 60, 70 bucks online. So I got to ask you, Matt. Okay. Of all the Christmases in all your years, what was the one that you didn't get? What was the one that got away? Probably many, but I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a family one that got away. Okay, so growing up, I was a huge Star Wars kid, and I had a lot of the toys. My family and you know my parents and family got me many of the toys, but there was still so many I didn't have. Um, I never had the Millennium Falcon. Never specifically wanted it. Like, I was big with the robots. I always wanted an R5-D4, never got it. But I don't remember, like, bugging my parents for it or anything. It's just one. I was enamored with the robots, the the designs and everything. Mm -hmm. But in middle school, I remember one day talking to my dad, and he said, you know, I remember taking you to a toy store, and I remember seeing the Millennium Falcon, you know, the Kenner three- and you know, three quarter inch size figure one. And he's like, and I didn't buy it. And that was the last time I ever saw it in a store. And I, as your father, have always felt bad <laughs> that I haven't gotten that for you, right? So now I'm like, shit, yeah, you should have gotten that for me. It just so happens <laughs> that because I had no interest in girls at the time, I was part of the Star Wars fan club and I got the Star Wars Insider, which was their magazine. <laughs> I'm trying the, not to die with that one. <laughs> at the, the last page or two of that was classified ads. And I saw a dude who had vintage Kenner Millennium Falcon, you know, out of box and everything, but it came with everything. And I remember as a kid being like, hmm, <laughs> dad. And I showed him it and he contacted the guy. And I think it was probably like 75 or 100 bucks, which in like kid money is the world, right? Yeah. $75? Yeah. And my dad got it for me for like my birthday or whatever that year. And I, ha- I still have it to this day. So hey, it was dad. like, it was almost like the one that got away for my dad that I didn't know about and then benefited from. Hey dad, remember that guilt trip you have? Uh, <laughs> coming back at you. <laughs> the kicker is I think he paid for that magazine subscription too. <laughs> Sticking it to him from both ends. But it was kind of cool. It was kind of cool that like something I cared about and loved so much. Yeah. He cared about that I cared about it. You yeah. know what I mean? So it was kind of cool to get that after the fact. You no, know, when you were asleep, he'd be in there. Beep, 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 I right? do. <laughs> Flying I do, the Millennium Falcon I around. do remember being in middle school yeah. and playing with the Kenner aliens figures. Yeah. And I had a lot of those. And I remember playing in my room one day and I remember him coming home from work. And you've met my dad. Yeah. He came home from work. He still had a suit on. He was a salesman. He came home and like he crouched down next to my bed. He's like, hey, what are you doing? I was like, oh, just playing aliens. And I remember I was no older than middle school, probably a couple years earlier. Mm -hmm. He picked up a human with a gun and he picked up an alien and he went, made a gun sound. Die, motherfuckers! (laughs) And he looked at me straight faced and he was like, do you ever play like that? And I didn't know what to say because my dad is not the kind of person 
to make that kind of joke. Even now as like an adult, he's not really like a big cursing guy and certainly not cursing the kids. And it like was this new thing for me to see. Like I didn't see my dad curse a lot as a kid. And to see him say that purposely for a joke with my toys, I was like... <laughs> I probably did, but now I was going to say motherfucker a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that was the, <laughs> the Millennium Falcon. The Kenner a Millennium Falcon was one of the ones that got away from me. That's awesome, man. That's a good story. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to rope it back to, to Tom McFarlane by talking about... Tom McFarlane had a weird tie-in with Toys R Us. I don't know what the deal was. I can't find any information about this. But they had like a lifetime deal with Toys R Us. Mm-hmm. So all these monster figures were there. And then when they started coming out with the the movie Maniacs, you could get them at Toys R Us. And th- th- these these toys right, were pretty right. pretty gory. I yes. mean, Leatherface came with a bucket of heads and body parts. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. And then after that, Todd McFarlane started spreading out into other monstrous things. He did a series of famous killers. He had like Genghis Khan, I right. think, Billy the Kid, Elizabeth Bathory, Elizabeth Bathory. She who, just came in a bathtub she, of blood. She, yeah, came in a bathtub. Definitely of blood. Definitely not a figure you play with, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Vlad the Impaler, which was like a yeah, torso impaled right. on sticks, and these things were horrifying to get him in Toys R Us. And then, <laughs> yep. and then, and you brought this up earlier and I cut you off because I wanted to get to it here. He started getting into these, these twisted series where he did twisted Oz, mm-hmm. twisted fairy tales, a twisted Christmas. This is when Todd McFarlane started getting more risque and smutty. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Slightly sexually suggestive, like the twisted Oz, the Dorothy is like tied up in yeah. bondage pose by Munchkin. Yeah, she totally is. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and you could buy these in Toys R Us. <laughs> and then my dad came in and started playing with them. He was like, <laughs> I can't even do it. I'm going to tie you up, motherfucker. You, you ever play, ever play like, like that? I was like, I do, Dad. <laughs> and he started getting in ties with Clive Barker, and they made a series of the of the tortured souls, That's which right. were Clive Barker trying to reclaim the Hellraiser series. And I have a couple of these, and these things were horrifying. I have one where it's a guy tied to a rack, and his skin is peeled off. I have a guy hanging from hooks in his eyes and jaw, and he's free suspended. Like this, and and this mm-hmm. was a, a a foot tall figure on a rack of a very large apparatus with real chains dangling him from his eyeballs and jaws and lips, and and these were just horrifying figures, pretty rad in my book. They're super design wise, they're super cool, but super like, cool. How unless you're a gore hound like you or I, yeah. Who else? What's the market for that? I mean, they sold. In they're Toys R Us. Yeah. <laughs> So after all of these things have been in Toys R Us, buying them with, yeah. I think, minimal pushback from parents groups, the one that broke the camel's back mm-hmm. was a Walter White Breaking Bad toy. That's right. Where he came with a small bag of meth. After all, the bondage Dorothys, the slutty Santas, a small bag of fake meth for Walter White was the one that got them. You should take those toys out of Toys R Us, please. That's uh, <laughs> I wonder. I wonder now, I mean, we can get into a whole other show about this, but I wonder if that's not a generational or a, um, a time issue mm-hmm. as opposed to a content issue. Like, if you tried to release the Tortured Souls series today, mm-hmm. would you fight that shit now? 
or was it because then the internet wasn't as a thing yet, yeah. so it wasn't as easy to bitch about shit. So even if you were bitching, who would be who seeing would know? it? Yeah. You know, I wonder if that's not. I wonder if it's not the bag of meth versus the tortured souls. Or if it's not the time frame that each was released, you know? Well, that would be an interesting thing to think absolutely, about. Absolutely, because nowadays you could put a very – like Todd McFarlane can just have a store on his website and it doesn't matter what Toys R Us sells. He can You can buy it directly from him and he can sell whatever mm-hmm. you know sexually explicit toys he wants. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Whereas you know, back when these toys were in Toys R Us – you're right. There isn't like there isn't the megaphone of the internet to be like. Exa- yeah, I, I think outraged. the internet plays a large part. My children are scandalized. There were this series of Spawn toys that came with these really elaborate sci-fi motorcycles. And I remember they were like manga Spawn yep. style motorcycles, like Akira style, and and they were so detailed and so incredible. And I had a couple of those that were just super cool. Man, Todd McFarlane just just rocked the toy game. Yeah, and. and from that point on, I think I think toys really needed to take a step up. <clears throat> and you see this with the Marvel and the DC toys. Like they really needed to step up into better sculpts, better quality, uh, just just better imagination because they realize adults are buying these. You know, right. These are adults. These are college age kids and older buying toys to display in their in their geek caves. And that'll lead us to the Marvel Select and the DC Designer Series. And the DC Designer Series has one of my favorite artists, and, and I think you you enjoy him as well, but the Greg Capullo DC Selects are just really cool sculpted toys based on, purely mm-hmm. on, comic books that Greg has drawn. Right. And I thought those were super cool because the Batman was rad, the Joker was cool. It's not my favorite iteration of Joker, but the toy of it is like, whoa. Yes. Like, yeah, I agree Really detailed, really well, well drawn. And I mean, the Marvel Selects going to those were just really badass, high quality. Yeah, it's... um. It's interesting because it makes me wonder, like, I mean, I'm in a comic store often. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yeah. I'm shocked. Or a toy store. But yeah, you know, you see those things and I'll see stuff like, like a figure of the Winter Soldier. There's a Winter Soldier Marvel Select that's gorgeous. I love the idea of the character. I love the the origin of him and the Brubaker stories and stuff. But like his solo series, I don't really care about. The movie was really good and him and the movie was good. This figure does not portray him from the movie. It's from the book. I'm like, damn. That would look good in my, you know, when me and my wife eventually buy a mansion and I'm allowed to have one room just for fucking toys. Like, I'm like, that would be great in there. And I'm like, why? Why am I liking that, you know? And I think it's because we nerds who collect things, we're collecting them because we love something so much. We want it to be as much a part of our daily life as we can have it be. So if we can have a a physical representation of it, I think if I was not going to be judged by society, I still would not play with action. I wouldn't actually play with action figures. You know what I mean? I don't think that's why we get them. I think... Rumi just made a, I don't know if I believe you face. And I should also mention he has a Magneto in one hand and a Wolverine in the other hand, and he's been making them battle this whole show. Um, Newsflash, they're not battling. (laughs) They're making love. Yeah, motherfucker, take it, take it. You ever play like that? Now that we have soiled Marvel Comics, um, <laughs> those of us who have the urge, and it's like, for me, it's like an urge. It's a need to collect things. It's because it's something I care about a lot and want as much as Rumi is still laughing. <laughs> I'm just laughing because... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll tell you later. It's just ma- Magneto accidents. <laughs> <laughs> when we collect stuff, it, I think it's for that purpose. It's because we like 
just we just want to be surrounded by that stuff. Absolutely. And the Marvel Selects is like a great example of that. It takes what I and and, and with the DC. What are they called? The DC DC Designer Series. Those are the same thing. Like the cool thing about the DC Designer Series over the Marvel Selects is that the DC Designer Series, because it's a designer series, specifically focuses on a particular artist's interpretation of a character. Which is cool because everyone who's that into that type of stuff has their favorite artists and favorite renditions of characters. Mm -hmm. So you're not just having a badass Batman figure. You're having the Batman that you personally like or the artist's art that speaks to you in a 3D Mm -hmm. representation, which is cool. The Marvel Selects, I feel, are the same thing. They're just not necessarily a specific artist's take (laughs) on it. Not a Jim Lee with, like, pecs out to here. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Although I got to give the Marvel Selects credit because you and I are both huge Punisher fans. And there is a Marvel Selects that specifically has the Timothy Bradstreet skull, yes. which I think is the only time that's been on a toy, yeah. which is pretty badass because I love that design. I think that's so cool. So it's kind of cool to see that represented in plastic. Absolutely. And and they have, and, and this isn't the, the grenade one, is it? There, that's the other. Yeah, yeah. No, it's okay. the one with the, the pinball machine. Pinball machine. That, that specific toy is one of my favorites because it's some bad guy or some thug smashed into a pinball machine with a grenade in his mouth and the Punisher standing off to the side with a gun that he can point at the grenade like he's going to shoot the grenade in this guy's mouth. Like, like none of the other toys are this brutal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's really badass. It's really, it's a cool. So Marvel Selects are, it, it, for me, it's almost like the D.A.R.E. program at school when we were little about like, don't get into drugs because you're <laughs> going to be in drugs. That's how I feel about Marvel Selects because I'll be in the store and they're like 20 bucks. They're affordable. Yeah. And I'll be like, damn, that Punisher looks really cool. I might grab myself that. And then I look at the Daredevil next to it, and I'm like, shit, that Daredevil's cool too. And Daredevil and Punisher are like a thing. There's Bullseye. Now I'm 60 bucks in the hole. And like, I'm like, then I start looking at like Deadpool, and you're like, that's a badass one. I'm like, dude, I don't even read Deadpool. Why do I need a, a figure about him? I'm like, because his head's so interchangeable, cool. man. You can go hamburger face, you can go mask. That's you- right. And then, yeah, it's a, dude, it is a slippery ass slope. And it, I, they're so goddamn cool. And again, I'm like, when me and my wife somehow have a zillion dollars and she lets me have that mansion room with, I can just decorate it however I want. At that point, I'll just start pissing money away on figures I don't even follow the books of, you know? But those fi- those those figures as a toy, that lends itself to that, you know? Oh, my God. And these were really, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but these really are that perfect blend between maquette, like a little, like Todd McFarlane is a little bit almost unplayable sure. as a toy. But the Marvel Selects, if you were a kid and your parents were were lucky enough to buy you this, you could still play with the Marvel Select toys. Right. Um, but they would also look great sitting on a shelf and they still mm-hmm. feel a little bit more like action figures instead of, say, right, a model. Right. Um, and and <laughs> a lot of, of toy companies today have been coming out with things that are purely for collectibles. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I would love for you to touch on one of the things you saw at Comic-Con that NECA was putting out. Oh, absolutely. Last year, when I was at Comic-Con, so that was 2016's Comic-Con in San Diego. You know me, I'm a huge nerd. I'm all about comic stuff, and I like toys and stuff, but I don't collect toys. I saw toys that I absolutely need to buy. They are NECA Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but from the movie, they're quarter-inch scale, which is way bigger than anything I think I've ever bought before, but... They are the four turtles, but they are the sculpts from the movie. And I swear to God, dude, looking at them, they are straight 
out of the movies. They sculpted the faces like specific shots from the movie. Mm -hmm. So I feel like even if I saw them, I saw finished um, finished prototypes. Even if I saw unpainted prototypes that were all bl all gray or all black or all whatever, I would know which turtle they were supposed to be based on the facial sculpts off of the original Jim Henson puppets and creatures. Oh, dude, I'm telling you, I'm like getting goosebumps right now. They are so gorgeous. If you go to NECA's website, you can see Donatello is actually, I think, available for pre-sale now, and Raphael will be shortly. They are gorgeous. And I gotta like, it's almost like I don't care how much they are. They're yeah. so that movie was so great for me and I loved it. And it holds such a place to my heart as a comic guy, as a nerd guy, as a toy guy as a special effects and creature suit guy, yeah. these figures are amazing. You've seen them, right? You've seen they're, pictures of them since? They're beautiful. I mean, the texture in them, the, the detail that's put into them, the obvious admiration for the original material. I mean, they, they really are pretty perfect for what they are. And I, and I, you know, I don't blame you for wanting to sink a, sink a, a nice chunk of dough into them. My wife will blame me. <laughs> I'm looking. Um, I'm trying to figure out. It looks so, like it looks like the bandanas yeah. might even be fabric because Ooh. I'm looking at pictures right now of Raphael and I see some of them where the fabric is over his shoulder, some of it's behind his shoulder. Nice. So I wonder if it's um, fabric masks. On yeah. The, on, the, on the tail. Or at least on that. Yeah. yeah it looks the like the It looks like the part on his face. Um, I think they're sculpted on the face. Interchangeable hands. I've seen the Raphael hold his thighs oh. in different ways. Like there were times where he held them like handle out. See, this is another time uh. where you'll get to go, I want that Raphael because I've never seen a side before. And here it is. Did it? And it, the sighs are like in the movie. They're like wrapped in like Wrap. brown tape. Oh, oh so cool. It's so cool. And the, like. So that, that would be your present. If this was under the tree this year, you would cry and run around the room. Yes, and, ah. yes. See, so if, I, if anybody's listening. <laughs> the funny thing is the same thing for me. If I opened it up and there was a proton pack, like a, a replica proton pack, I'd lose yeah. my shit. I'd lose nice. my shit. I'd cry. <laughs> Dude, this is, and it's funny because as you know, I teach kindergarten right now yeah. and I'm looking at these toys in yeah. co at Comic-Con and very rarely does a toy catch my eye at mm -hmm. Comic-Con yeah. because I know it's not really my world. And usually- it's so expensive that I'm not going to get into it. Yeah. So I'm looking at these and I'm like, fuck. I was like, I need the Raphael and Leonardo one. And I was like, <laughs> I can't get two. I got to get all of them. And then I'm thinking like, well, I'm not going to play with them. My wife's not going to let me display them. I was like, I'll bring them to school and put them in my kindergarten classroom. And I was like, those kids will break my $150 action figures. <laughs> so then I was like, I know what I'll do. I'll build a shelf. That's like seven feet off the ground. <laughs> and, dude, this is, I'm literally having this thought, this plan in my head. And I'm imagining 25 kids standing, looking up at a shelf that they can't reach at like these beautiful fucking toys that I'm not even playing with. And I'm like, <laughs> can't do that. Turtles in a half shell. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, it's worth it though, man. They look awesome. They're, they really are. And you know, those are not the only awesome figures that NECA makes. Have you seen any of NECA's other recent figures? So, so NECA and I, because they're not Todd McFarlane, they, NECA makes some great toys, and those are, those are above and beyond 
anything else, in my opinion, that NECA has done. They really did pick up the torch as far as uh, movie monsters and horror movie toy lines goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they make some really good pieces. They did a you know they did a pretty cool rendition of RoboCop that I really yes, like. Yes, yes. Their sculpting is not as detailed as the McFarlane ones were. And to me, that is the only reason why they're solid toys. They're really cool. They really hit the Hmm. uniqueness of what they want. I don't want to knock on NECA at all because, you know, they picked up the torch where McFarlane doesn't do that anymore. He pretty much just does baseball figures and, you know, every now and then he'll release a line of kiss toys. Uh, But for the most part, NECA doesn't have the detail that I love, but you know, the Ninja Turtles, they did. And for some of their special one-offs, they absolutely do. Huh. See, it's interesting you say that because I am almost of the opposite. I like, and then the the McFarlane, I mean, specifically, I'm huge Predator, Terminator, Aliens guy. Mm-hmm. I love those franchises. I love everything to do with them. Um, and I loved the McFarlane figures of those. The one thing I had trouble with was they're very difficult to pose. I would have them hanging or standing or whatever, fighting, grappling mm. in my mm-hmm. dorm room again because the ladies fucking loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Some girl came in once and she was like, get to the chopper, <laughs> motherfucker. You are one. Ah, that's what I should have said. You are one ugly motherfucker. And she looked at me and she was like, you ever play that way? And I was like, please stop touching those. <laughs> You're getting your fingers. Those are not for playing with. Um, those are great figures, but I had, I felt like he, it was almost like he sculpted, not him, but the company sculpted them into a specific pose, or at least you really couldn't make them do anything. True. I feel like the technology and the sculpting and the the, the craft of the NECA figures, specifically the Predator and mm-hmm. Aliens and Terminator ones, are even better. And at the very least, I would say that there's more variety, whereas McFarlane did a handful of Predator figure, uh, Terminator figures, and they were good. But NECA is doing like multiple uh, tech noir Terminator figures where he has the trench coat and the crazy 80s sweater and interchangeable heads and hands. So literally with one figure now, you can recreate four different scenes from the movie. Well, you You know what I mean? You just used my own own argument against me by uh, saying, by proving the versatility, I'm on board with that because I am a big fan of the versatility. Mm -hmm. I guess it just, the quality of the sculpts from the McFarlane series just impressed me so much. Sure. I was wowed by that, but you're absolutely right. You can't play with those, but the NECA ones still have that that bridge gap that I find cool about the Marvel selects. Mm -hmm. I guess it's just because I've already seen a leather face that looks so good when I see a leather face that isn't quite as well sculpted. I'm like, why do I need that? But if I was still in the vein of, I want to play Texas Chainsaw Massacre (laughs) with my Ninja Turtle toys, the NECA would be the way to go. Right, right. So you got McFarlane had two Predator 2 themed Predator figures. Yeah. One... I believe they both had masks, but you could take the mask off. I may be wrong about that. One I had a mask, one didn't, and then there was And the... one had a hand that you could mm-hmm. chop off, right? Yeah. I feel like those were cool, but if you wanted the mask on or off, you had to buy two different figures, which mm-hmm. you used to have to do at NECA, but you won't soon. Um, and each, I think they can't, I think one came with a spear maybe, but one didn't. Like I think... To have everything, you needed both guys, and yeah. both guys, the way they were posed and shit, you can only do so much with them, and their armor, I remember, being a little wonky. But oh. they were still great figures for what they were. NECA then, for example, with the Predator 2 figure specifically, mm-hmm. they made one that was really nice. It's very hard to find now. 
They made them in a two pack as well, also very hard to find. And this goes for all of their stuff. Their Predator One figure, they made him, but he had no leg joints. It was just at the ball at the hip. Mm -hmm. So it was very hard to pose him. Then they re-released it with better legs. Now what they're starting to do with all their figures is they're releasing a deluxe window package mm. that comes with everything you need for that. So like, for example, I got a, pre a Terminator 2 one. It's Terminator 2 Schwarzenegger in the jacket. Yeah. He's got a head with sunglasses, a head without sunglasses, and like a damaged face. Mm. He's got all the weapons that he has in the movie. So that one figure you don't need to buy like four different iterations of that Terminator. Yeah. They're starting to do that with the Predators as well. So soon coming out is a Predator 2 figure. I'm looking at a picture of it right now. Mm -hmm. It's gorgeous. I think gorgeous sculpt. He's got the wrist blades. You can interchangeable the heads so you can have a masked head, a non-masked heads. He's got, I think, two to three sets of hands. He's got a wrist shooter that looks like you clip it on to shoot the little darts that he shoots. Nice. The smart disc, a collapsed spear, an expanded spear. A, uh, this is all one figure, okay? Yeah. And if you don't want to take it out of the box, you can display the box and open the front cover and you could still see it through the window. Mm. And now they're selling this thing that's like an accessory pack, which comes with... Some trophies. Dude, it comes with an upside-down skinned body, filleted body. You seeing this? Yes. And what I think is so, super cool, which I used to do when I was playing with figures with paper, construction paper, they have little blaster bolts that you can attach to the shoulder guns mm -hmm. so it looks like the guns are firing. firing. This is th – that's a special thing that they're sh selling limited edition separately, but now they're starting to include that in these deluxe figures. On, on the upside down body that comes with skulls, it comes with an alien skull. Yeah. And that, so, so cool. In that, and they've released that before with other things, but you have to buy multiple things. I think that's a pretty smart thing, but now they're starting to sell these deluxe editions that's got kind of everything you need in one thing. Now, and I, I'm an idiot. I buy it. <laughs> I'm buying all of them. I will say this. There is something that they keep doing in Predator series that we'll get into this in our next episode, but does anybody need to buy the invisible predator <laughs> the clear plastic i'm invisible predator like who wants that and i know people buy it because they're collectors and they want all of that but there's no reason to have a clear plastic predator if he's invisible just hide him <laughs> uh, <laughs> while i agree with that i would be lying if i were to admit i did not have two or three of those of the do you have the one that's the heat heat map no no schwarzenegger I have, because, no, no, he, I don't have painted, any of the human he's ones. He's painted green and red with the heat map yes, on his body. I don't have that. Painted that Because I don't understand why. I don't, when I play, I don't play in first person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like. Um, oh, they have a Predator. Oh, man. See, I'm getting amped up. Here is a NECA 25th anniversary Predator 2, the comic series Predator. And he's. The one with the blue helmet and stuff? The blue helmet. Yeah. And he's drawn like he is in the comic like the book. Chris and he's Warner even comic. shaded like he is yes. in the comic book. And Those are cool. cool. And that's another cool thing that NECA is doing. Not only are they doing appearances like that, but mm -hmm. they've been doing a lot of original video game, mostly Nintendo, appearances. So, like, they'll have. Robo Dude, remember RoboCop vs. Terminator yeah. for Sega Genesis yeah. and I think Super Nintendo? They have the same fucking figures that you've already bought, like almost like 8-bit or 16-bit painted with like pixelated paint sculpts. So it does look kind of like, if you pose them correctly, it looks like a screenshot from the game. It's actually super badass. Whoa! And again, it's the same attention to detail. I feel like those are a little gimmicky, even more so than the clear, what you're saying, the clear predators. But still, I mean, that I is can't gimmicky, help it. But, I gotta buy the but clear. But I do, I do love that concept. It's cool, right? Them being painted in 8-bit. Dude, I think they have a, a Freddy or two. 
Freddy, uh, Freddy Krueger. Okay, I, I take back my initial uh, dissension of NECA because I think it was based on some earlier things. The stuff I'm looking at here is really cool. It's amazing, here's, right? Here's a RoboCop on fire. Right? On fire, shooting missile launchers, painted painted 8-bit, which is unbelievable. So, NECA, you, you, I've been converted in, in, in a They're, matter of minutes. They really are gorgeous. And uh, like I said, I'm well, not a big figure collector, but yeah. every year they have a nice display at Comic-Con, and I'll see a couple... Um, I'll see a couple figures that that will be coming out later in the year, and I just can't wait this to get Robocop them. This RoboCop on Fire is super cool. They have the robot dogs. It's almost Christmas. Oh man, that's is, that's pretty cool. If man. anyone from NECA is listening, I would love to see RoboCop Terminator well, from the comics. Here's the, the thing I'll also say is they're getting the rights to these characters. When Todd McFarlane made Terminator, they weren't allowed to use Arnold Schwarzenegger's face for one for the okay. first time they released it for some reason. So his face is I, I've seen sculpts of it of the Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. half classic half face, but then they're like, no, you can't do that. Or there were some rights issues, so they just butchered the face. Like it's cool because he's mm-hmm. all shot up, and but, right, but right, it's right. not his face in a way that is. A Do you little see the pictures of the NECA yeah. Schwarzenegger face? It's pretty it rare. looks like Schwarzenegger, and there's a like from most angles it looks like him, but when you hit the right angle, yeah, it looks just like him. It's a great, great likeness. Yeah, they did a good job. Okay, okay, enough flipping out about about NECA. <laughs> yeah. Let's calm that NECA boner down. <laughs> Just take a deep breath. Calm it down. All right. I think I'm ready for blastoff. Want to initiate the launch sequence? Yeah. Let's. So shit, man. We talked about a lot of stuff. We talked about a lot of stuff. Um, Do we want to put specific figures or things, or can we put chunks of things on? Well, what's your what's your proposition? What is what is a chunk? One more thing that we haven't mentioned yet. Yeah. That I think is just fucking the greatest idea, and also. We will talk about this also on our next episode for the less than great ideas. But how fucking cool are Nerf guns? Oh, man. Nerf. Not Nerf footballs. Not Nerf basketballs. Nerf gun. Like, I had a ton of those growing up. Ton. And they were awesome. I loved them. Even the stupid ones that didn't work awesome were awesome because I was stupid and I didn't work correctly either. But going back to our childhood, do you remember Nerf fencing? <laughs> what? Yes. What I is do. something we can give children to play with? Mm-hmm. Swords. Swords. Where they're purposely trying to stab. Now, I know you were supposed to stab the other sword. Uh, for those of you who don't know, you had these huge, like, handled swords, and there were little pop-down tabs on the guards of the swords, so you were kind of stabbing each other in the sword. But that's not what how most of us played. No. Most of us ended up just stabbing or hitting each, each other. other. And I just remember as a kid being like, this is awesome and stupid at the same time. But really, all of Nerf, to the point now where they're selling Nerf guns that you're quote-unquote supposed to wear goggles with because they shoot so fucking hard and fast, what a great idea. How how awesome are Nerf guns? I had dozens of them yeah. growing up. Oh, man. I had one that was like a covered your whole hand. Like you put your hand inside of it and it was like a shotgun and you could just swing it down real hard and it would reload it. Like cock it. When as a kid? Yeah. 
and it, and it was like a, a shotgun that you just went chung, chung, and just swung it down real fast and it would chamber the next bullet because it oh. was a, it was a wheel with the bullets in the end okay. of it. and you just slam it down and it would you could you could do it in a fluid motion that was really dramatic and it always reminded me of Terminator when he's sure, on the bike like, too, right? like flipping flipping the shotgun well should we tell him our other love for nerf so as all of you know Rumi and I call each other Rumi because we were roommates for a while and I don't remember whose idea it was at first <laughs> but our apartment had a couple nerf guns and one day we decided to play a game <laughs> the idea of the game would be what and we lived in an apartment that was like one large building broken into like eight or ten apartments. Mm-hmm. One guy would take a couple of his guns, go stand outside the front door. So you're outside the apartment. <laughs> Usually in costume. <laughs> With like a fake mustache on and sunglasses. Didn't you have to wear sunglasses? Yep. Well, we would. our apartment was a townhouse. So when you walked in the front door, there was the small downstairs. And then right away there was a staircase where you can go upstairs. And upstairs there was two or three rooms. So it was, it was it, making it sound larger than it is, but you had upstairs and a downstairs, but pretty much you couldn't like run around. It wasn't like a huge house, but the idea was one guy would go outside for a certain amount, you know, predetermined amount of time, maybe two minutes, come in and try to find the other guy who had fortified the position. And the idea was that the outside guy was like a cop or a SWAT team guy. And the inside guy was like some scumbag drug dealer or something. <laughs> so... This game was aptly named Nerf Crack House. <laughs> so the first time we played it, Rumi and I talked about the rules and how we were going to go about it and then split up and didn't see each other until we were playing. So each of us independently created a character. So whoever, I don't remember who did what first, but I think I might have been the cop first, but I dressed up in SWAT gear with a tack vest and all black and a balaclava. <laughs> Again, I think I we put on not... a tank top and like a, a, a fake mustache. Yes, and we did it like we weren't trying to get girls over or any of that bullshit. We were playing Nerf Crack House. <laughs> oh man! Um, well, do you remember what that led into afterwards? <laughs> Nerf Kurt Cobain. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> because we had a double barreled Nerf shotgun. And it was firing a shotgun dart oh, into your mouth. Shit, that's right. Without flinching. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that. That was not something we continuously played. We just played it one time, but we were it was like a test of manhood to shoot yourself in the mouth with this Nerf gun. <laughs> So, sorry, ladies, but we're both married, so you missed that ship. (laughs) Dude, if we were to write a list... Oh, God, we have. (laughs) I was going to say, if we were to write a list of how nerdy we are, all the nerdy things we've done, there's a lot of fucking things on there that make us look like dorks. We could do a real, we could really bring back the nerd scale. Remember the arguments of the nerd scale? Rumi and I had like a two-day-long argument on... A scale from one to ten, how nerdy each of us was, and, because and, we were counting different things, like we were weighing things differently, and just incredible minutia of what meant you were nerdier right. than if you do this. And it's like, well, you have more comic books than I, yeah, well, you have more toys than I do. But it yeah. wasn't a debate; it yeah. turned into an argument. Argument, <laughs> yeah, like door slamming <laughs> argument. <laughs> Again, like there was all these hot chicks just waiting for us to finish the argument. <laughs> Mm. Oh. All right, but that I mean that said, I'm going to say if we're making a list of coolest toys, 
Nerf's got to be on there. Okay. Because from the time I was seven or eight years old to the time I'm 35, I've had a Nerf gun in my hands. Nerf's tough, too, because Nerf is a active toy. Like, Nerf is a, you, you got to play with that gun. Like, yeah. there's no. Some of that is you, you're saying. It's yeah. not just the toy. And Nerf doesn't display much. Like, Fair, okay, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Although, if you if you started that, we could start a trend. <laughs> well, it's funny because I was just going to say, <laughs> you and I know because yeah. we've played Nerf at the special effects shop that I used to work at where yeah. we've modified our guns and like full out played grown up hardcore Nerf. Yeah. I've gotten in touch with people who do that shit quote unquote professionally. Yeah. And I was just about to say, you should see some of the pictures I know of these dorks who have walls, literally walls of Nerf guns displayed. And I was like, you and I have a comic book shit displayed. I'm like, I mean, <laughs> but those dorks, I mean, oh God, what a bunch of dorks. What a bunch of nerds. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Nerf, Nerf's a tough one because it is could easily be described as one of the greatest toys, most versatile, most fun. But how do you compare that? How do we how do we rank that in a list when you compare it to it's like things that if you found it today you would probably have to buy it or you okay. know the ninja the ninja the neck and ninja turtle toy. So let's do this. Let's do this then. Let's talk. Let's say retro. Okay. Let's say use what you just said. Okay. If we were walking in a flea market or a collect, you know, old oh, comic book store yeah. or whatever, and you saw it, you would have to throw down for it. Yeah. Um, I mean, we didn't get into it, but I mean, do Transformers belong on this list? I never played with Transformers, though. I, was I always, did, but I same, had, only a little bit more than yeah. G.I. Joe. I was not a Transformers kid. Yeah. Like, I'm fine. If you went in my mind and erased my memories of Transformers, mm-hmm. it wouldn't impact me much. Yeah. I know there are people who'd kill me for saying that, and I don't blame you. But it just was never huge for me. Although they were awesome toys. If you think about them from a design standpoint, the fact that you could make a robot that also, in a way that realistically made sense, worked into, because I mean, most of those things, if it was a car, it rolled around and was a car. If it was Mm -hmm. a plane, it looked kind of like a plane. Shit, this is hard to make a list of. (laughs) It's really hard to make a list of. Well, let's, you know what, let's do this. Stick to what we've talked about so far and let's, we can always revisit this with uh, this topic part two because there's plenty of other toys. Always, always. And everyone can leave comments and write us and let us know if tell we us. missed. What did we miss? What if you're if you're pissed off at our list? Tell us. We'll yeah. talk about what you guys are interested. Tell us in. how full of shit we are. I think I think I think I can put Nerf confidently, like because we'll we'll do the top five. I think okay. I can put Nerf confidently at number five, not because it's any less, sure, but because it is one of the toys that is constantly there but hard to place anywhere else. Sure. So it's kind of like, maybe even if it's, it's just an honorable mention, but I, I, I confidently feel like Nerf belongs on a list of rad toys that maybe is hard to compete in the rest. Okay. So how do we, so if we put that at five, where would you put Star Wars on a list? Is Star Wars the best? Star Wars is number one probably for me just because really? I can't imagine. I mean, I played with that shit growing up. I mean... It's just so essential. Like I just said, the opposite of, of what I said for Transformers. Mm-hmm. I said if you wipe that from my memory, it wouldn't really impact me. Yeah. If you took everything Star Wars toys out of my brain, I would be a different person. See, my here's my argument, and 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 here's here's what what I'll say. I would put Star Wars maybe at number two, but I would might I'm thinking Ninja Turtles for number one. What year were you born? Eighty four. 
Okay, so I was 82, so I only have two years on you. But that's two years of playing with Star Wars. Where Star toys. Wars was more right. in the So I think maybe Star line. Wars for me was what Ninja Turtles was for you, mm-hmm. even though Ninja Turtles was big for me as well. Yeah. But So Star Wars and Ninja Turtles are definitely higher up on the list. Yeah, I would think they are. And it, it, there's a lot of things like what you said before about, you said about how important it was to have the background characters that you can do stuff mm-hmm. with. And I think both of those lend itself to that in, in multiple different things. So I think at three, we need to put one of the collector series. And I I, I am going to say, let's put McFarlane on there as opposed to NECA, because without McFarlane, there is no NECA. And mm-hmm. that is like bridging the gap between Toys and collector's pieces. I agree with that. So we'll put McFarlane right there. And then what what goes to number four? So we have Nerf, a blank spot, McFarlane, and then Ninja Turtles and Star Wars kind of at the top. Anything with ooze. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Put ooze at the fir- at the top of the list. <laughs> Fucking ooze. Ooze. Um, what, uh, from DC Designers and Marvel Selects, which ones do you think are better? They're they're in the same vein? They're in the same vein. Like, I would put those almost, like, together. Mm-hmm. Because I think they're Marvel's version of it and DC's version of it. Yeah. You know, I think they're very similar in what they are. Yeah. Um, although DC specifically is trying to show you, here is a figure version of this type of artist. Which I don't think the, uh, the Marvel, the Marvel do one does, per se. I, I think that gives it a leg up. You think DC is above Marvel in that? In that respect, but the Marvel selects have cooler toys, doing stuff. Punisher, they have the best Venom toy. Oh my gosh! They had a couple. The one that has like interchangeable heads, heads and it's got yeah. a bunch of stuff. They have one that just has a giant Venom head that's like open, like yeah. a T Rex head. And I remember when I first saw that, I had not read any comics yet that were that showed that. And I remember mm-hmm. thinking like, it's an interesting take on Venom, but I like Venom with a head. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay. Okay. So, uh, still leaves it. So, if we put the the what what what, what would you call tough. Marvel selects DC. I would give them the same tier because Marvel has, I think, more posability and more things you could do with them. Mm-hmm. But the DC is focused. Like they're not. I don't think they're trying to do that. There's a slightly different design aspect to them. Okay. So I would say they each have their own strengths, which are independent of each other. So we'll call those high-end comic figures. Okay, I'm fine with that. So here's our We're our agonizing list. over this our, list, our, and our there's super... all these hot girls listening, being like, oh, I wish we could just talk to these guys and hang out with them, but <laughs> they're just too busy agonizing over the fourth and fifth spots on this list of toys that they used to play with <laughs> and still would buy if they saw <laughs> I feel like our list is so compromised. We're going to have to have a whole episode just arguing about which one of these goes somewhere. So for for our countdown, Mm -hmm. we have at number five, Nerf. At number four, the high-end comic figures like Marvel Selects and the DC Premiere. Number three is the McFarlane toy line. Number two, Ninja Turtles. And number one is Star Wars. And I think I'm okay with that too because without Star Wars – Toy merchandising just doesn't exist, and it really was. Yeah, I agree. Historically t- speaking, historically speaking, Star Wars was a thing, and is still. You know, you still sell Star Wars toys. They're still in toy stores right now. Yeah, and a lot of these other ones have sort of gone into other facets, but Star Wars is still there. I agree, and I feel like there's a little bit of bleed over. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily first, and then this is second. It's yeah. like without this, there wouldn't be this. Yeah. So maybe it gets a leg up, but it's not necessarily any better. It's yeah, it's it's definitely this is a tough, this is a tough tough list. But yeah, 
I, I, dude, put it this way. Yeah. Christmas morning. <laughs> if I open any of these things, I would be happy. <laughs> well, that's your Pulp Culture Countdown. This is the launch pad. I'm Aaron. Uh, Matt. Ready for blast off? Thanks for listening, you guys. We hope you enjoyed hearing us talk about some good toys. Next episode, we'll be talking about bad toys. Remember, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at LaunchpadPod. And you can listen to us on Stitcher Radio. Yeah, check us out there. Leave a review if you can. That really helps us out. But you can also hear us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play. And now we have a Tumblr. If you didn't like what we had to say, you thought we were full of shit, hit us up on our Facebook page, LaunchpadPod. And uh, yeah, let us know. And if you have anything you want to share with us, some pictures of your favorite toys, if you got that picture of you losing your shit Christmas morning off of that <laughs> toy you got that you love, let's let's get those out there. So uh, special thanks to everybody who's been supporting us so far. And uh, yeah, keep it up. We look forward to bringing you a new episode in two weeks. See you next episode for Bad Toys. <laughs> They're the worst.